Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today, our true survival story podcast. About? Survival. (laughs) Sometimes we talk about wilderness survival. Sometimes we talk about true crime survival, which honestly is my favorite. And, you know, sometimes we're going to talk about... We're going to throw some... Some curveballs. Some new shit Curveballs. Some curveballs? Some curveballs. That's what I said. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. inner New York coming out. Well, that was a really shitty New York accent, but that's yeah, fine. It just—it's really trying to claw its way out of you, and it's not—came um, out bad. That's okay. Sometimes it's bad. So, what happened this week? Mm, working, just work. A lot of working. What yeah. happened at work? Oh, there was um, mention of crystals. Yes, one of my coworkers. I just thought it was so. I just find it so funny that like everyone in LA is like very much on the same page when they're like. I'm not religious. I'm just spiritual. I'm, I'm spiritual man, you know. Like I, I just I'm with the energy and like, and it's I don't it's and like the thing is is like I'm a part of that shit. I I love that shit. I love you're in the woo. Well, I mean I'm not full woo, but at you're the same time woo-woo. I'm not though. I don't have any crystals, although I I want one. I want yeah, some. Before we moved into this apartment, you were talking about. How would you feel if I got some crystals? Listen, expose like, me, why don't you? <laughs> I don't care. I just don't think they work. No, but it was just so funny because at work, one of the servers um, was talking to me and she was she was talking about this crystal that like is super cleansing and it's really great and it like charges itself and it like and the thing is, is I'm buying all of it. It charges no, no, no. itself like an iPhone. Listen to me. I'm buying all it of it. It does wireless I, charging. I am it's picking amazing. up when she's putting down. But the funniest part is she pulls out that bitch from her apron. She pulls <laughs> out the crystal. She pulled she whipped it out at work and said, This Wait. crystal is so good. I keep it on me at all times. And I said, it, Holy shit. For the listeners, she's using her fingers to like show how big it is. It's like what, a foot? Uh, no, no. It was like, I don't know, four inches. That's a big crystal. It was like So it was, it was like, one of your servers. Yeah. So you know her? Yeah. She's cool. I like oh, her. Oh well. No, and the okay. thing is, is like, like I said, I, I really enjoy it. I want to get into crystals. I, I am not, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. I like the energy. Like, <laughs> that, that shit's fun. That's fun. All right. Yeah. Do it. Do it makes you feel best. I just think, you know. Well, you're very I'm, much I'm not. I'm very much in an that. engineer and I don't think it works. <laughs> but here's, here's where I'm stuck on mm-hmm. the whole crystal thing. You're talking about it, that it charges itself. What does it charge itself with? What is the charging thing? Like, do you have to put it down on a charging <laughs> station? Or do you just have to, you know, separate yourself from the energy for some time? I have like, no what's idea. what's the deal? Honestly? What's the deal with charging? I don't know. I don't know what it does. Maybe, honestly, I don't know what it means. You don't I, know? I want to know. I want to look into it. I want to do that shit. But I haven't gotten there yet. Do you know what crystal that your server was talking about? Was it, like, pink? I know it was it was white and it was, it was like it, I mean it was like a little bit white but like kind of um, clear but hers was like a little bit more opaque and she was talking about how that was interesting how like some of them you can see through and some of them are milkier and that has a difference in how they react and blah 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 I don't know honestly I don't know what it means wow. but I like it there's like a whole there's a whole study to this thing oh it's huge it's huge and everyone here loves it. And I, really? lo- I love that everyone loves it. Uh, who started it? Who the fuck knows? I don't who know. Who's the first person to be like, this crystal is the shit? I have no idea. I'm going to go out and sell it to everybody? I don't know. I think it's a marketing screen- uh, scheme by Big Crystal. By Shut up. <laughs> Get out of here. I swear to God, we could start a QAnon conspiracy right now, and that shit would catch on. Big Crystal coming to get you. All right. Well, Crystals aren't real. That's your opinion. Anyway. Um, that's your opinion, man. That's your opinion. Um, all right. Well, this is a long story, and yeah, I kind of want to get into it because it's like... Enough of my babbling. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's fine. But anyway. Um, so this one's a fun one. Um, it is... It's a fun one. It's like crazy. I mean, they're all crazy, but it's like not as... Well, I don't know what to say. I, they're, it's, it's hard to like say when they're fun Why or like we? whatever just get into yeah, it yeah let's just get, just into, get it. into it all right well this is the salt lake city library hostage situation it sounds fun already. <laughs> so it's fun count me in count me in yes all right so we are taking it back to march 1994 so 
um, there was a Tibetan ceremony going on at the Salt Lake County Library. And basically it was just like a Tibetan ceremony where they like make a mandala, a mandala. How do you say it? Mandala? Is that like I a think super white? How he said um, But uh, yeah, so they make them like really intricate like artwork, but out of sand like different colored sand oh, i've seen that yeah it's super that cool so cool and yeah. at the end they just wipe it away yeah and it takes so goddamn long like one of the librarians who was talking about it she was like you could watch for like 20 minutes and he could only cover like a square inch or like something crazy like that wow. so um so yeah that was what was happening at the library it was like big news everyone was excited about it they wanted to see it so Michael Greer and his wife Judith were at the library watching the completion of the ceremony because it was like just about to finish and everyone was like wanting to be hyped. there. Yeah, they, we were all hyped. Um, hyped for I sand. say we because I was there. Yeah, um, obviously. So we're there in spirit. Yeah. So um, Michael Greer and his wife Judith were there, and then Gwen Page um, was also there. She was a ch- children's librarian at the time, so she was working. And um, I'm sorry, I've lost you. Please recap the characters. Okay, so Michael Greer is an important character and Gwen Page is an important character. Um, so Gwen Page was a children's librarian at the time and she was working. So she was in the shelves and like kind of just stocking up books or whatever, putting book backs, put, oh my God, putting, putting books, books back. back in the shelves Boom. as librarians do. And so one of her coworkers comes over to her in the shelves and she's like, you're going to miss it. you got to come watch the, the end of this ceremony. Like come now. And so she's like, okay. And so, Yes, uh, Alex is raising what? his hand. Yes, I, I, don't know. I didn't want to cut you off. Uh, who's Michael Greer? He's um, just someone who's a hostage later. So he's just, like, he was there. Is he there? Like, yeah. Why is he he's, there? He was watching the completion of the ceremony with his wife, Judith. I just mentioned okay. him because he's important later. Okay. And I'm setting the scene, okay. you know? I'm he's sorry. there. Like... Oh, no, you don't have to apologize. He's there. His wife's there. Gwen Page is in the shelves. That's who we know right now. Okay. Um, so she comes, she's walking over to the, um, to this, like, gr- this gathering of people watching, mm-hmm. and she notices a man who's um, walking around the library, and he looks a little bit spooky. Like, he's pretty disheveled, and he's, like, kind of pacing, and he looks like, he's got, like, you know, bags under his eyes. He looks, like, not, like, kind of a spooky character. So, um, spooky. Yeah. So he walks up to just some other man standing in the crowd, this like spooky guy walks up to this other man and hands him um, a manila envelope. And basically he tells the man to take it and to mail it to the newspapers and to have a nice life. He's like, get out of here, go mail this to the news. Um, He then jumps on the table with, in one hand, he has a curling iron in one hand. And then in the other hand, he has a gun pointed at the crowd. um, And he screams at everyone that they need to get down and stay where they are. So he then explained to the I'm crowd. Sorry. What's I up? understand the gravity of the situation. Why the curling iron? Uh, you, you don't jump the gun. I'm getting there. So <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm just imagining him be like, get on the fucking ground. And then he just starts curling his hair. Oh. While holding all these people at gunpoint. Oh my god! Yeah, well, that's not what it was. It was I'm sure much that's more, not what it was, much more that sinister than that. The visual I'm getting now. Sure, I understand that it's a silly visual. And please it, now ruin that visual for me. Sure. So he explained to the crowd that um, he's got a bomb, and that the dead man switch was a curling iron that he was holding in it, that he was holding open. So you know how like, do you know what a curling iron like how it works? I mean, I assume that you like press it between your hair and like that like it heats up your hair and then you just, yeah so you there's like there's some curling irons where you just it. like wrap your hair around it and it's just one wand but then there's other ones that have like a clamp on it and so oh, you pull the clamp and down. you hold the clamp so he's like pulling the clamp yeah down, so he's and opening he let's go it blows correct Boom. so he's holding open this curling iron in the other hand and he explains that it's the dead man switch and if he were to let go of it it would explode um so he said that if anyone moved, he would let go of the switch and kill himself and everyone in there. So Gwen Page said that you could feel like how unstable he was. And it was very clear that he was not bluffing. Like he was very angry and very scary and like was not fucking around. So he was, you know, obviously very angry and screaming at everyone to turn around and to face him, but at the uh, same time, he got really mad when people were looking at him, so he screamed at them to, like, look at the ground. Um, and 
then noticed that, uh, oh yeah, so he then noticed that the man who he initially gave the envelope to was still in the crowd, so he told the man to leave and to mail the letter. Um, so Gwen said the children's wow. section of the library, what's up? So imagine being that guy, you got a free pass. I know, he's like, get out of here, go mail this, have a nice life. Spooky. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Gwen said that the children's section of the library had glass windows. And this was a, a gigantic library. I mean, at least from how they were explaining it, they were like talking about all the different sections and the different floors. There were like escalators. There were like hundreds of people in this library at this point, at this point. Really? So, um, yeah. So she said, um, that through the glass windows was the children's section. And I, I guess the people in the different sections of the library didn't know what was going on because it was so big that like... He, they didn't hear it. Mm. So she, um, I guess, got someone's attention and like held up her hand in the shape of a gun and then held up her hand to her ear in the shape of a phone trying to signal them to like call the police and that there was someone with a gun in the library. So because it was a Saturday, the sheriff's office was almost completely closed and the only person there was Lloyd Prescott. So Lloyd was actually only there. He wasn't even supposed to be there that day. I think he had like a training session that he was supposed to like teach or something. So he was there just by chance. And um, so he taught police to police officers to perform well on duty and he would teach them like tactics and laws and, you know, all the things, whatever. So um, he was in the back um, on the computer when someone who managed to escape the library came in and told Lloyd that there was a man in the library with a bomb. So he called uh, Salt Lake City PD and they informed him that they were already called and they were on their way. So Lloyd told them that he would go over to the library himself to see what he could do because it was like right next door. So he was like, I'm just going to go over there myself and see if I can do something about this. Oh, yeah. That, so do not go in by yourself with no backup. Well, he is. Does he do it? Yeah, it was. I mean, he felt that it was his duty to protect the people. And he's honestly like. A good guy so um, i mean i'm sure he is but you know, i'm just thinking like dude you don't know what you're walking into it's that's true one guy but you know as his as a i guess a sheriff he doesn't or give a fuck lieutenant he, he's yeah he's, into it. he's, he's like um, it's my job shit. i'm gonna get in there and save some trouble right so um so he runs across the street to the, the to the library and um all he knew was that, that there was a man with a bomb on the second floor so as he was trying to make his way up the um staircase or it was actually an escalator that was turned off and everyone was like rushing out so hundreds of people are rushing out and he's trying to like make his way up this like just rush of people trying to come at him the other way um and so a bunch of people stopped him and they were like don't go in there's a man with a with a gun and there he was like it's okay i'm the police and so um he actually ran into the man who had the envelope and um the man was like, there's a man with a gun and a bomb and he's up there and he's like, it's okay, I'm the police. And he's like, he gave me this letter to, to mail to the police and he's like, okay, give it to me. So he takes, Lloyd takes the envelope from this man and then goes up to the second floor to like find this bomber man. Uh, do you read it first? Well, he said he wanted to, but he didn't have time. He was like, I didn't have time to open it and read it. I had to just get there. Because he said he knew that um, he was like starting to take hostages, and as soon as that door closed, it was going to be closed, and there was no one getting back, no one getting in there, you know. Right, that's a good point. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Lloyd's making his so he, Lloyd's making his way upstairs. Meanwhile, the man is screaming at certain people to get into the conference room that was like off of the room that they were in, mm -hmm. um, and so. Um, because he was taking hostages. So Michael Greer, unfortunately, made eye contact with him while he was, like, picking people. And so he, like, pointed at him, and he was like, you go. And so he had to, like... And he didn't he didn't pick Judith, his Michael's wife. He just picked Michael. So Michael had to, like, get up and leave his wife and, like, go be a hostage. And it was, like, a, like they talked about this moment and how it was, like, all that they could think about was like love and whatever, but it was also so terrifying because it's like, am I going to die? Like, is this the last time I'm going to see you? So like, yeah, super crazy. Um, so, so his wife, Judith grabs his wrist to try to stop him, but he knew he had to go. And, um, so he did. And so the man began picking people one by one to go into the conference room. He then told Gwen 
um, that he wanted her to go and count 16 people because he wanted 16 hostages. So Gwen goes over into the conference room where there was actually a meeting going on and they didn't know what was happening. So she goes in and tells them that there's a man with a gun and a bomb and she's supposed to count out 16 hostages for him to have. And so these people immediately get up and start rushing out of the room because there's a back door to the conference room. So they're like rushing out. And most of the people made it out. But at the very last moment, this man comes to the door and he's pointing the gun at everyone and he's like, shut the door. Everyone stay in here. And so he's pissed that there's not 16 people in there. And Gwen basically has to be like, you have enough. This is enough. And he, and so she like kind of puts her foot down oh, and she's she like, she lays down the law. Yeah. So he's yes, like screaming. Gwen. He's like, I wanted 16. And like Gwen's just like, you have enough because she's a badass. <laughs> he's like, you have enough dickhead. Yeah. So he then told Gwen that he needed a phone and she told him that there was one at the reference desk. And so he told her to go get it. And if she wasn't back in 15 seconds, someone was going to die. So she's got 15 seconds to find a phone. Yeah. In 94. Yeah. She said there was one at the reference desk, but you know, it's a big library. So she has to like run and get it and then make it back in time. Yeah. Does Gwen do some track and field training? Like she made it, she made it back. Lives in time. depend on this shit. Yeah. So she makes it back into the conference room with the phone. And so it's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but he didn't kill anyone at that yet. moment yet. Um, yeah. So it's like she, I'm sure she like in that moment channeled her inner librarian. It's like telling people to shut the fuck up for ten years. Yeah. Just like yeah. let it all out. Yeah, I know. She's like, you have enough. <laughs> you have enough. No, stop it. <laughs> and sh- <laughs> um, And you owe a late fee, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um. So right as Gwen gets back into the conference room with the phone and they're about to shut the door, Lloyd comes in. He's the sheriff, so you remember. Um, so, or the lieutenant? I, I don't know the difference. He's the police. He's the police. So Lloyd comes in pretending to be the man that he gave the envelope to. Um, and so he comes in and he like acted as if he needed to ask him a question. He's like, what do you need me to do with this? And so the bomber's like, the fuck? Like, I told you to go mail it. Why aren't you gone? And so... He's like, mail it to who? To the newspapers. He said that. Which newspaper? I guess whatever Boom, newspaper. There you go. There you yeah. Go. That's so name. that's what, yeah, that's what that's Lloyd used, basically. Great tactic by Lloyd. Yeah. And so Lloyd said since there was no way to safely take a shot at him, he knew he had to go into the conference room, the conference room with everyone. So the bomber got really mad um, again and said he wanted it mailed. And Lloyd turned around to a lady who was about to enter the room as well, handed her the envelope, and then shut the door in her face. Because he was like, I don't want anyone else coming in this room. I want to end this here. Oh, Lloyd. He he passed it off. Lloyd basically. Saved her life. Is saving her life, but also sacrificing himself. Well, yeah. Yes. Damn. So, I mean, he wanted to be like on the inside because he was dressed in plain clothes and like wanted to be like. But he has a gun. Yes. Like he's, he wanted to like be the ally to the police and like to the negotiators and whatever. So. Smart so, Lloyd. Yeah, so he closed the door in this lady's face and hands like hands her the envelope and like he's like, That's enough. So then so then blah blah blah. Um so Lloyd, like I said, was wearing a pair of slacks, a golf shirt, and a regular jacket. So when the man asked who Lloyd was, you're gonna like this, Lloyd said he was an accountant. No way. <laughs> Nobody asks you questions when, when you, you say, say you're you an, an accountant. accountant. <laughs> <laughs> um so so he said he was an accountant because he didn't want to say that he was the police. He didn't have any identifying, you know, things that would show That's that he's the hilarious. police. Other than Just his like gun. such a camouflaging career. Right. So, <laughs> um, so he had a gun, but his gun was concealed by his jacket. Amazing. So, um, and the other hostages. Sorry. Did you say it was March? March. Where are we again? Salt Lake City. So we're in Utah. Yes. So it's cold. Cold, yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. What a great time of year to take hostages. It's the perfect time, as right. they say. Um, <laughs> so um, so none of the other hostages knew that Lloyd was a cop either, and they just thought he was 
crazy that he was willing yeah, to go into this else, room. Yeah. Nobody else is in a just wait. Right. So um, the situation with Lloyd coming into the room really shook up the bomber. And he told Lloyd that if the police, if, if a police officer came into the room, a lot of people were going to get shot and Lloyd would be the first one. So, Damn. Yeah. Well, that's too bad that an accountant has entered the room. Right. So um, after that, he told everyone to sit down around the conference table. Um, and then, so, you know, picture this, he's at the head of the table, everyone sits down and then they're all facing him. And again, he has this weird thing where he doesn't want anyone looking at him. So then he starts screaming that everyone has to turn their chair around and keep their eyes away and blah, blah, blah. So everyone turns their chair around and they're all facing the walls now. And so he then had Michael Greer take the things out of his backpack and put them on the table, including the bomb. So he had to like carefully take out this like little rectangular box fuck? and like place it on the table in front of him so um he still has the gun in one hand and the curling iron dead man switch in the other and now the bomb is on the table in front of him and um so the bomb was a claymore device um which is a curved rectangular bomb that has uh explosives on the back and ball bearings in front of it and when the explosives are ignited it blows them out which is what causes which is what can cause major injury so it's like just pieces the ball of... bearings are like the bullets yeah pretty much um yes i'm a i'm very um aware of claymores from call of duty i'm very oh, experienced sure. with them great particularly placing them behind me while i'm camping right so the unfortunate thing about this situation is that it's real yeah yeah wait so does this one have like a sensor so if somebody like waves their hand in front of it it blows no the dead man switch the curling iron so if that's he... the only thing that would set it off right so uh, like my next bullet point says lloyd explained that the dead man switch has two pieces of wire that he stripped at the ends and used duct tape to secure duct tape and rubber bands to hold them in place on either side of this like clamp so if he let go of the clamp the two ends of the wire would touch and it would make the bomb go off does that make sense? God damn it. Yeah. So um, he also explained that if the bomb did go off, it was strong enough to very seriously injure or kill everyone in that room. Um, so the bomber asked when, what time they got into the room, and she told him it was around 9.50 a.m., um, and he wanted, uh, he wanted to know that. Oh, this is in the morning? Oh, it's in the morning. He said, wake up, get my coffee, and take some hostages. That's what he said. Holy shit. Yeah. So, Usually I haven't even had my coffee by 9.50 a.m. He was up and at him. So um, he wanted to know because he wanted to set his timer for 72 hours. That was his, like, cutoff. Um, so he had everything he needed to sustain this situation for that amount of time. He had cord. He had a knife. He had extra batteries and duct tape. Um for like the bomb and like keeping up with that um mm. so he had the hostages barricade themselves into the conference room using um a piece of rope to tie the door shut um they used tables to you know barricade the door and they shut the blinds um and he instructed everyone to keep their eyes down and to not look at him so at that point he told the hostages that his name was clifford draper um, and up until then, obviously, no one knew who he was. And he was a paranoid schizophrenic who had been off of his meds for a really long time. Um, he lived right up the street from the library and for some time worked at the Salvation Army thrift store as a bell ringer. And he was fired because as he was ringing this bell, he put a sack over his head with a small eye hole in the front of it. And he just like peered out at people like he was just really creepy. Like he put this like weird sack over his head and like would just like with peer one out eye? yeah with one little hole for the eye so right, they were like with the sack they Cliff. were like All creepy right. <laughs> um like i said spooky dude spooky guy yeah um and so he was approximately 35 years old and when he was 17 his father put him in the navy and something happened to him there which made him leave a completely different person um, and he had multiple run-ins with the police and developed a real hate for law enforcement. That's just a little background on who Clifford Draper is. So what was the thing in the Navy that turned him off? I, I couldn't find that, but it was like something happened. He had like a real hatred for like the military and for the Navy. And like that was one of like some of his demands were he needed to be compensated for his time, whatever. We're, uh, we're going to get into it. Was but, he... 
um, was he dishonorably discharged? And then I'm like he was assuming, kicked out, so I'm assuming something. I'm assuming this is the U.S. Navy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, he then gave Gwen the phone and told her to call the police and tell them what's going on. So she called 911 and told them, hello, my name is Gwen Page. I'm a librarian and I've been taken hostage with nine other people. And then she told uh, Draper that the 911 operator wanted to connect him with the negotiator. That sent him into a just fit of rage and he started screaming at her to hang up. Um, he made it very clear that he was not willing to negotiate at all. And he, he had his demands and that was it. Um, he then made Gwen give the phone to Michael and told him that he was now the new telephone man. So Draper gave Michael the number to the local radio station and told him to call and demand that they put him on the air. So Michael calls um, Z93 and the girl that was working at the station that morning was actually just a part-time like disc jockey dj so she was not fucking imagine (laughs) yeah just just trying to this is what 94 yeah i don't know maybe you're playing some hits you're trying to play some classics like classic rock trying to play some beatles Mm -hmm. you know yeah (laughs) you get a fucking hostage call yeah so she answered the phone when michael uh called and he told her that he was a hostage um and draper wanted to make some demands and she thought it was a prank call and said i don't have time for this and hung up wow yeah i mean i (laughs) i get it good for her kind of in a way yeah but like mm. yeah not great so yeah maybe maybe should should have questioned that decision right so um right as she hangs up she realizes that she could have made a really big mistake and calls the program director who was out to brunch that morning so um trisha was I don't remember, I didn't write down her last name, but her first name was Trisha, and she was the program director, and uh, she said in her interview that she had agreed to go out to brunch that morning with her friend under the condition that she would leave her cell phone at home, since she was always getting calls, and it was really annoying. So... Oh, no way. But... It's like she's having mimosas. Yeah. Well, so, but she did end up taking her phone um, with her that morning, and thank God she did, because in the middle of brunch, the part-time girl at the station called her and told her about the weird call she received. So, Trisha said it was really normal to get prank calls at the radio station, and that they were trained to tell them to piss off and just hang up and not let it interfere with the show, so that's what the part-time DJ was doing, but, um, Trisha said in this instance, she had a really bad feeling, um, that it was real and left brunch early. So on her way to the Z93 station, she found out that it was, in fact, real. Um, So she's on her way. Damn. Yeah. So meanwhile, in the conference room, Draper told everyone to write down on a piece of paper their name and their next of kin as a contact person. So all of these people, yeah, heavy stuff. So all these people are passing around this, like, notepad writing down a person to call if they're killed and everyone knows like that's exactly what they're doing and it's like could you imagine being in that room and like having Fuck to write no. down your next of kin's name I i'm sorry i'm just trying to make light of the situation it's just like i imagine this is like your icebreaker for this hostage situation oh my god everybody hey. say your name and next of kin uh <laughs> start with you over here trisha oh my god um yeah, not quite, but so um, that's what he had them do. And so when the pad got to Lloyd, he wrote down Lloyd Prescott and then just wrote divorced because he said that Salt Lake City isn't very big and everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of people knew who he was and he wanted them to know that they had an ally on the inside. So the SWAT team were making uh, long-term preparations as well as a plan for a hostage rescue if things got bad. Um basically like thinking about if the hostages needed food or water or medical attention and that is actually something that comes up the medical attention um there was a woman uh who was being held hostage her name was sue allison and she was a diabetic who needed insulin five times a day so oh yeah so she didn't bring any with her to the library because she didn't she anticipate didn't being anticipate there. Anticipate the whole hostage right. situation. Yeah, you don't wake up and think, hmm, maybe I should bring it just in case I'm held hostage in a conference room. Like, hello? So, yeah. yeah. Shit. She's just trying to watch some sand. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, it's all we really wanted this morning. All we morning. wanted to see was some fucking colorful sand. sand, damn it. All right, yeah. Yeah. Plowing ahead. Plowing ahead, baby. So, um, so, like I said, she didn't bring any because she didn't anticipate being there for longer than like an hour or two. And so when she tells Draper this, he gets super pissed because that's a running theme with him, um, that she doesn't have any with her and pointed the gun at her head. And so... Lloyd is in a really tough position because he said he wasn't going to let him kill her, but if he shot Draper and then he let go of the dead man switch, it could kill everyone. So he's stuck in this, like, age-old... Wait, wait, so Lloyd is holding the the dead man switch currently? No, no. Draper is always holding the dead man switch. He's always holding the curling iron and the gun. Okay. Unless he, like, briefly puts the gun down or he changes hands. just... Even if he shoots her, if you shoot him and he lets go, like, everyone dies, including you. That's, so. well, that's what he was saying. He, he was like, I was in this, you know, age-old <laughs> dilemma of do I, would I rather have one person be killed or ten, you know? So, but luckily for Lloyd, that didn't happen. So, um, Lloyd suggested that he let Sue Allison go. But he was not entertaining that idea. And so um, the others in the room said Sue Allison's voice was really shaky and she looked pale and she was just getting worse by the minute. Um, yeah. Could, like, no shit. Hello, this right. woman hasn't had insulin and she's, an, she's a fucking hostage. Mm-hmm. It's like, I would already be pale and shitting my pants. Right. Let alone lack of a need for insulin five times a day. Right. Um, so Draper still pointing the gun at her head, moves it closer to her face and used the back of his hand to feel her forehead. Um, he said that she felt all right to him. So he thought that she was screwing with him. He said, right, because lack of insulin induces fever. Right. You dumb shit. Right. So he told her that he had an uncle who was diabetic. So he believed that she wasn't telling the truth about the severity of her situation. He was like, you're fine. Um, and so... After this incident, Draper tells everyone that they are going to strip down to their underwear. And so this is just a very random thing that he tells them to do. So he's like, everyone strip down to your underwear. And so this woman who's who's being held hostage, obviously, turns around because they're all facing the wall, not looking at him. So she turns around, faces him, and she's like, I am not doing that. And so all, Holy of, shit. Them, all of them she's are like, like, I would rather die. Yeah. So all of them are like, yeah, we're not doing that. And then he's, so then <laughs> Draper goes, all right, well, everyone take off your jackets. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't get your underwear, you better just take off your jacket. He's <laughs> like, well, that was a quick negotiation. Right. Wasn't it? So we, we're already negotiating. I guess. I mean, just within the room, but yeah, Damn. that was really I funny. bet everyone... <laughs> I can't imagine that moment. Who was the one who said that she wouldn't do it? I don't know her name, but she just turned around. Could and you imagine it. like this, just this extremely strong-headed woman just being like, <laughs> I am not fucking doing that right now. And everyone's like, yeah, I don't want to do yeah. that either. Like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, he's like, everyone take off your jacket. And so he instructed Gwen to collect everyone's jackets and put them in the corner. So, um, if you remember, the only thing concealing Lloyd's gun is his jacket. So as Gwen is making her way around the table, everyone and taking everyone's jackets, um, Lloyd, uh, you know, makes a very quick like glance and like shakes his head really subtly at her, and she catches on and like walks right past him. So um, he then turns to Draper and basically is like. I'm really cold. Can I keep my jacket on? And he's like, no, everyone take off your jackets. You put it in the corner. So he's freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a quote, by the way. Um, (laughs) yeah. So, um, so he's like, okay. And he stands up and he takes off his jacket really slowly. And he basically pulls out his shirt tails and covers his gun with his shirt tails. And Um, Cliff doesn't notice. No. He doesn't notice because he's, he, again, he's like turned his back to him because they're all facing the walls. So his gun is obviously like, it's in the front of his body. Right. And so he just pulls out his shirt tails and covers it with that. 
So um, Draper tells everyone that his demands have been given to the newspaper and until they're met, they're going to stay in that room. And so he gave everyone a copy of his demands um, to read. And so Gwen said it was very clear from his writing that he was very mentally ill. Um, and he was really upset that he'd been thrown out of the military and wanted payment for the time he thought he would have served, which was about 20 years. So he wanted payment in cash, gold, and platinum. And he also wanted some, like, military doctor to, like, come in and I don't know exactly what it was, but he wanted payment and he wanted, that was, like, he was not going to budge. Wait, he wanted payment and medical attention from a military No, he wanted doctor? payment in cash, gold, and platinum, but he also wanted some doctor to come in for some reason. And he also wanted to be flown to New Zealand with the hostages as, like, collateral. He, he's like, I want you to fly me there with the hostages and then let me go. Um, so yeah. those were... And he was not willing to negotiate, <laughs> which yeah. is well, always I great. Mean, could you do Hawaii? <laughs> yeah. Could you do Guam, maybe? Right. Like... Um, New Zealand's a little far, bud. It's a little far. That's a long plane ride. Could you imagine being that pilot? No. (laughs) No, no, no. Um, So he began hearing sounds outside and told Gwen to look out the window and tell him what she saw. And so uh, she said that there were police outside, and he demanded that Michael Greer get them on the phone and um, demand that they get the cops away. Um, Otherwise, everyone will die. And so... Meanwhile, at Z93, Trisha notified the police that he had been calling in to um, the station to try and get put on the air. So uh, he then called back to the station and demanded he be put on the air or everyone dies. And so this time Trisha was on the phone and she said uh, she was asking like to the other um, part time girl who was on the phone with the police. She's like, can I put him on the air pretty much? And the girl was like, no, the cop said you cannot put him on the air. And, um, she was like, well, in my situation, I am not going to let 10 people be murdered because I'm not going to put him on the air. So if he's going to kill them, I'm going to put him on the air. But she's like, I'm going to try one thing and see if this works. So she told Draper that she's really sorry, but the button to put him on the air was broken. And the engineer who had to fix it wasn't going to be able to come in until Monday. And he bought it. <laughs> so and he bought it? He bought it. He was like, <laughs> he's like, damn it. He's wow. Like, he literally was Honestly, like. Honestly, what a great move by her. I know. So smart. And it worked. It worked. Wow. Yeah. And she's like, I totally would have put him on the air if it didn't work. But I'm just going to try this one thing. And um, and then he, he gets really yeah, pissed off, really obviously. really is like, you know, when in doubt, blame the fucking engineers. Yeah. Like, they suck anyway. Screw you, guy. um but so basically he's like you have 72 hours and hangs up um so he had michael call her back and read her the list of the 10 hostages as well as their contact person so that when draper killed them they she could notify their families um so after he reads off the names trisha asked to speak to draper and so she asked him what she could play for him on the radio because she wanted to calm him down. Um, and she said she did this in like a normal voice, like how she would talk to any kind of listener. Um, and she said that he got kind of happy and like slightly calmed by this question. Um, and <laughs> what he asked for was more deep cuts and not the same stuff they play all the time. So, I mean, that's what deep cuts are. And then also less commercials. <laughs> so like very... <laughs> very reasonable request you know just a yeah. man of the people just like yeah just, less commercials trish just like not the same just shit you cool play. it on the commercials yeah and just like hearing less about fucking mcdonald's today right that's enough and so she's like i can do that no problem and <laughs> and she's like i wanted to do this because you know no matter who you are if your favorite band or, or song comes on you're calm you're you're even a little bit calmed by it or like a little happy like it brightens your mood she's got good instincts a little bit she's got good instincts that lady so deep cuts by who no so deep cuts meaning like don't play the same shit you always play oh so he did not give out a specific song i think he did i don't remember what it was but it wasn't like a specific song it was like play these bands but it was like it was like classic rock station um led zeppelin yeah whatever aerosmith you know um red hot sure um so this went on for 
a little while, you know, this whole situation. They were like, they had a radio in the room. Obviously, she's playing the songs for him. It was helping, I guess, a little bit for him and for the hostages. Uh, but Sue Allen, uh, not Sue Allen, Sue Allison, the diabetic, was getting really sick at this point. And she was shaking and getting lightheaded and she was sweating and going in and out of consciousness. Um, and she was going into diabetic shock. Or no, that was the fear, was that she could go into diabetic shock or go into a coma, and if she didn't get insulin soon, she was going to die. And Lloyd said, uh... Oh, so Lloyd pointed this out to Draper, and he said, if she didn't get insulin, she's going to die in there. And Draper's response was, maybe she will. Maybe we all will. And he didn't give a shit. He was like, whatever. Draper then joked that maybe he'd trade her out for one of the cops because he's always wanted to kill a cop. He said this to Lloyd, who is a cop. So. Wow. Yeah. Good move on the accountant. Right. Bruce. Nobody asks you questions when you say you are an accountant. Mm -hmm. So uh, since Draper was unwilling to talk to the police. I'm sorry. At what what time is this? So like how long has this woman been without insulin? But so, she's going into diabetic shock pretty much? Yeah, I don't know ex- how, how at this point what the time was, but this whole ordeal takes about like a, like a little over six hours, five or six hours. So it's a couple really? hours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, so I don't really know the type, uh, the difference between like type one and type two diabetes, but like diabetics are literally six hours away from death if they don't get insulin i don't think that's every diabetic person but i think hers was really severe and she was the type of person that needed to take it five times a day that's not i don't think that's the norm then again i could be wrong about that i have no idea but um she needed that to survive yeah so that's awful yeah so since draper was unwilling to talk to the police and specifically the negotiator they decided the best uh way to get to him was to put the negotiator at the radio station since he was periodically calling in and talking to them so um so trisha showed the list of hostages and the next of kin to phil kirk who was the hostage negotiator um and he immediately knew who lloyd was he said he's known him for years and he said if there were any police officer that were in there they'd want it to be lloyd prescott so Amen. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Lloyd. Yeah. So um, Draper had Michael call the police outside um, and he was yelling and getting really impatient that his demands hadn't been met yet. Um, And they weren't getting anywhere with him because he wasn't willing to bend even a little. So they were just kind of stuck in the situation. Like the police couldn't do anything because they didn't want to, you know, aggravate him and have him let go of this dead man switch. And he wasn't willing to negotiate. So it was tough. Um, so Trisha, Trisha said she was really concerned with playing the right songs because she didn't want to set him off. <laughs> I mean, if you I'm think sorry. about it. I'm sorry. But could you imagine being like, if I choose the wrong classic rock song that isn't, that's like too normal, yeah. too mainstream. This is the most high pressure on the ox type situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> It was like, you know, I've been, I felt the pressure from, yeah. from the boys, you know. Right, yeah. You, you don't want to play song. the wrong song at the party or the pregame, but think about yeah, Trisha. you kill the vibe, but like yeah. you could kill people. Yeah, you could kill the hostages. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so, <laughs> so she's really concerned with this playlist and she's trying to pick these songs correctly. And she accidentally played U2's version of Helter Skelter by the Beatles, which was a problem because Charles Manson used that song to get his followers to commit murder in 1969. So she, when she realized that that song was playing, she immediately stopped it, which left dead air on the radio. So uh, it was even worse. Which was she, she could have just let let it go potentially, but she was like, "This song, like it, this is like a such a scary song. Like this could set him off, you know." So she wanted to stop it. So then she left dead air and she said for a second, she was like, what the fuck did I just do? So this uh, set him off a little bit, obviously, because now there's like, you know, not this just background music. 
Um, and so he got nervous and he asked Gwen to check out the window again to see if there was anyone out there. And she saw a bunch of SWAT team and police officers, and but she told him that there was no one out there because he couldn't see it and she didn't want to set him off even further. So she was like, there's no one out there. Um, and then Trisha went back to playing music on the radio and crisis was pretty much averted at that point. I mean, not averted. There's still so much terrible things going on. But in yeah, this... I have a feeling we're not done yet. No, we're not done yet. But in this situation, she went back to playing music. It was, you know, as fine as it could be. Um, right. And Draper called the station again and said she needed to play the songs they regularly play so that people wouldn't get suspicious, which is interesting because why are you concerned about what the public are thinking about when you're literally holding hostages in the library? So I'm like, what? But, but yeah, he called back and that was the last time that she had heard from him because he was like, I don't want people to get suspicious. Like, go back to your regularly scheduled programming. Wait. Cliff said this? Yeah, I like that you're calling him Cliff. <laughs> Clifford Draper. Yeah, Draper. Or Cliff. I'm going to call him Drapes? No, you like can call what? him Cliff. I like it. It's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a Cliff, nickname basis. Cliff, the mentally unstable douche. Sure, yeah, that's that's good. That's where, that's where I'm at. Sure, no, I get that. But, um, so, yeah, that's what he did. And um, so back to Sue Allison, poor poor lady. She was in really bad shape um, and started to go into shock. Um, and Draper let them lie her down on a table because she couldn't even sit up. Like, she was really bad. Um, and then things went really downhill fast after that. Um, so Draper had been holding open this curling iron the entire time. Um, and every time one of his hands would get tired, he would have to switch it to the other hand. And so um, this, you know, constant changing of hands loosened the wires because it's just a curling iron with like duct taped and rubber band wires. So, so as long as they don't touch, it's fine. I guess, yeah. I mean, I have a very limited knowledge of bombs. And by that, I mean but almost But you were none. saying that like the clamp is open yes and if they pull if the clamp pulls together and the wires touch, it'll detonate it blows. yeah so if the wires slip then it's pretty much just like shoot the fucking guy yeah i guess but um uh draper saw that the wires were coming undone and obviously he brought stuff to fix it to like mm -hmm. maintain this like you know 72 hour hold so um Draper told Michael that he had to help him fix the bomb. And so he had Michael rip off small pieces of duct tape so that he could secure the wires again. Um, and so he, you know, he's just duct taping these wires back and whatever. So um, Lloyd at this point was just going through every scenario in his head about how he could, he could possibly take Draper out. And he had taken a bomb course and knew that, excuse me, <clears throat> Um, he had taken a bomb course and knew that if people were able to get under the table, there was a good possibility that they would survive the explosion. So Draper is extremely pissed since the police still haven't met his demands. And uh, he tells Gwen to grab some rope and to cut it into pieces so that the hostages can each take a piece and whoever draws the shortest straw is going to be killed. Um, that way he can show the police how serious he was. Um, so, <laughs> like... Lloyd's being like, holy shit. I mean, not just Lloyd, every... I mean, he said it in front of everyone. I mean, well, Lloyd's calculating, he's like... Right. Am I shooting him, or right. is everyone dying? Right. And so, Gwen has to get up and walk to his backpack and get the rope and cut it into pieces and then hand it out, and then whoever draws the shortest piece is gonna be killed. So... You know, it's a really, yeah, really cut them heavy. Yeah, a really well. I mean, I guess, but I, I mean, it didn't. I feel like that's what I would do, and then just like literally just buy time by like measuring who literally got the shortest string. Yeah, that's yeah. All you can do. Well, so she she moved really slowly, obviously, because she did not want to do this. So Gwen gets the cord and asks Draper where the knife is, so that she can begin cutting pieces. And right as Draper bends down into his backpack to get the knife, um, he, like, puts his gun, like, kind of down a little bit to, like, reach into his backpack. And 
in that split second, Lloyd stands up. Um, where? Oh, I just lost my place. Damn it. Lloyd stands up and he um, draws his gun and screams, Sheriff's Department, everyone down. And so everyone gets down and like Draper tries to stand up and like point his gun at him to shoot him. And Lloyd shoots him in the chest like four times. Um, so everyone, you know, is obviously on the ground that way. If the bomb goes off, hopefully it wouldn't explode. Luckily for everyone in there, it didn't go off because the pieces of duct tape that he used to like, quote unquote, fix the bomb covered one of the wires. And so it didn't go off. Oh, wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So... Yeah, so Draper gets shot multiple times in the chest, and he drops it, but it doesn't go off. So, um, at that moment, the SWAT team were right outside the window and were, like, about to go into the room anyway. So, as they heard gunshots, they, like, shot out the window and, like, jumped into the room. Uh, Draper's on the ground, and he's got, you know, he's shot a bunch of times, and Lloyd is the one with the gun in his hand. So, he's, like, talking to the poli- to the SWAT team, and he's like, I'm the good guy, I'm the good guy. This is, you know, he's the the bomber and i mean they were already shown a picture of lloyd and they were like this is our guy don't hurt him <laughs> so good yeah so they didn't yeah, hurt i can't him. imagine like yeah what what would you fucking say he was like <laughs> it's not what it looks like right pretty much and that's what he that's what he had to do because he's the one with the gun well, i know hand. but like yeah yeah um so they successfully get everyone out of the conference room they get some sugar into sue allison and then they escort they escort everyone out of the library um draper died on the way to the hospital so that was that on him yeah um and so when they tried to disarm the bomb it did detonate and all of the little projectiles that lloyd was afraid would go off and do serious damage did go off and put holes in the walls and the ceiling which basically meant that he was right that anyone who was below the table would have been safe um wow yeah so when he's shooting him he's above the table though yes so he's dead i mean yeah more than likely he's dead more than likely he would be very seriously injured or whatever or or die you know i'm just like really trying to picture like where he's at if he's like fully like standing up fully and like yeah shooting or if he's like kind of crouched down no, trying he was to standing like just up. stay under the table while he shoots him well he stood up because he wanted everyone to like get down Damn. you know he stood up and was like sheriff's department get down and everyone did no one even hesitated wow yeah so so wait and then the the bomb detonated when they were disarming it disarming it mm-hmm. somebody was disarming it yes but i i don't i didn't see anything that was like it caused damage to a person I think it was just like they said that it did go off and it did. So I'm sure they were doing it in a way where they weren't going to be harmed or I don't know. Were they using a robot or something? Maybe. I don't know. Or did somebody get blown the fuck up? I think that would have been in the article if that happened. But you would imagine. Yeah. So I I don't think that happened. But basically. But we sent an intern in (laughs) and like. We sent in the part time disc jockey. (laughs) It just really doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but so basically all that meant was that Lloyd was correct, that if they were below the table, they right. would have been safe, which is cool. Um, and yeah, Lloyd Prescott is 100% like the hero in this story. And he, yeah, no like 100,000 put himself in harm's way, um, and saved all of their lives. Um, and another little tidbit of information, Gwen Page still works at the Salt Lake Library. And no way. She's yeah. like, yeah, not not gonna deter me from working yeah. at this well, library. Yeah, well, in this, like, in this interview, she was like, well, in situations like this, you can choose to be the victim, or you can choose to live your life, and I chose to live my life, and I still work at the library, because I love it there. And... Amen, Amen Gwen. Gwen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Gwen. Yeah, she, uh, and Lloyd said, without Gwen and, like, Michael, he said it was, like, it was also because of them that this worked out and, like, because of the, all the yeah, hostages. Yeah, no, Glenn, like, Glenn's complied. like, yeah, there's nobody out there. Right. He's like, yeah, it's fine. No, it's fine. Let's just keep yeah, it calm. It's fine. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the situation and that that is the story. Damn. Crazy. <laughs> it's like a hostage situation at a library. I don't know. I guess, like... I'm just really glad no one died except for... Draper. Yeah. Yeah. Cliff. 
Sure. Our friend Cliff. Cliff ripped. Yeah. All right, but like, you know, he deserved it. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't great. He was uh, severely um, mentally ill and off of his meds and not doing well. They said when he like when they looked in his apartment, um, it was I, I don't know, I don't know how they got this information, but they said that there was like a light bulb in his room that he would like stare at and it would like tell him things. I, I don't know if they got the this. The bulb of truth? I don't know. I don't know if, how they got this information, though, because he died on the way to the hospital or, you know, whatever, really soon after this whole situation. So I guess it must have been collected from before in their in their previous, like, run-ins with the police, I guess. Maybe. I don't or know. Or maybe, like, somebody, like, talked to him beforehand. He's like, yo, this bulb is telling me shit. Maybe. And they're like, oh. Yeah. So he was he was, like severely mentally ill and like you know not in a good place mm. obviously <laughs> i mean yeah i'd imagine that you know before you embark on the mission to take hostages and fly all the way the fuck to new zealand you might not be in the best mental state right i feel like someone in a good place in their life isn't taking hostages yeah right usually <laughs> Yeah, any any other thoughts, though? Did he have any crystals? <laughs> <laughs> he should have. It would have cleared out his energy. <laughs> it would have, like, helped, I think. You know, I think it just would have, like, brought him positive energy. It would, he could have used, like, some protective crystals, you know? Yeah. Clear out that negative energy. Yeah. <laughs> so, anything else? I got nothing. Do you have anything good that happened to you this week? Um, I got a negative COVID test. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We, we love, love negativity in this sense. Yeah. I have a good thing. Yeah. I, um, or yesterday we had just a feast of a meal and it was so yeah. good and it was free. Um, and yeah, I was really, really good. And we had creme brulee. We like made creme brulee, which was fun. I was just about to mention that. Yeah. Um, it, is surprisingly easy to make. Yeah, it uh, is. For those wanting to make it. Yeah, all it you need is... It's literally just, like, vanilla ice cream and egg yolk. Yeah, yolk. And then you gotta, like... Did you just say yolk? Yes. Is that I how you... I said yolk. Do you say that? That is yolk. You don't, you don't say that. How much more fun is it to say yolk... I reject that. ...than it is that. to say yolk? I... Do you hear someone neighing outside? There's someone literally neighing some, outside. Some bitch is neighing outside. We got some funky sounds Which... over here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, just... but some woman outside just screamed, "You're an idiot!" It's fine. Um. All anyway, right. Back to um, yolk because fuck that. What do you say? Yolk. Egg yolk. All right, that is no fun, and I reject that. Okay. Yolk all day. Vanilla ice cream and yolk, That's... one yolk per creme brulee. You put that shit, the baking pan and water. It's actually kind of a process. But it like, is a process. You know, there's few ingredients, but the process is long, but it's worth it. And it's also really cool because at the end, you basically just like melt sugar in like a pan. Yeah. I mean, if you happen to have a torch, number a torch? one, <laughs> fuck off. I'm done with you. If you have a torch, (laughs) if you have a torch, number one, what's wrong with you? But well, number two, if you people have torches. All right, fair enough. (laughs) Uh, But for for easier, like the way we did it is, we just put sugar in a pan, you like melt it, and like that's why the the shit that's on top, like the crystallized sugar, Mm -hmm. it's so easy, (laughs) and it like literally the sugar melts so fast. Yeah, I kind of forgot from chemistry class yeah and it hardens really fast it was really fun but but yeah it was yummy um and that was cool um but i don't know why but yolk makes me my skin crawl and i'm just gonna move past that but i just had to tell you because it made me upset anyway all right so i will bookmark that and say it as much as possible in the future coming episodes love that um okay well let's plug those socials so if you want to uh keep up with the pictures or videos or just links 
whatever with the cases that i talk about or alex talks about follow us on instagram um our handle is not today underscore podcast if you or anyone you know has an interesting story about survival or true crime or paranormal or anything interesting that you want to tell us about um or some piping hot tea bitch if you got tea oh my yeah, god send us tea that. That alex loves tea i love that I shit i love it um we need excitement we need this excitement time, in this dark time of quarantine please yeah. give us tea um yeah piping hot preferably so our our gmail is no today podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter uh at not today podcast the, the t on the end of podcast is a three because that just makes, makes sense. sense um and yeah um times are crazy the election is for us tomorrow and <laughs> go out there and vote it counts <laughs> and it's it really do you know go we gotta we gotta protect ourselves we gotta you know keep breathing as we say, and keep our mental health uh, stable as well. So do something nice for yourself this week. Take yeah. it easy on yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Make some creme brulee, bitches. That shit's good. That's what we did. Good. It was very healing. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's what? that. Just keep breathing, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.